Uh, we ready for war. Never back down. Give me some more. We came for the title. Killing the Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this week's episode, we have Joe Torville. Joe works at Blast Motion. And for those who don't know, Blast Motion, it's this um, little piece of equipment and uh, this sensor that you put on the end of your knob of your bat. And it tracks bat speed, attack angle, how long you're in playing with the pitch for. And I wanted to have Joe on the podcast because he does a lot of work with Prep Baseball Report. And they have all their athletes um, use Blast Motion. And so I, th- I think it would be it would have been fun to have him on the podcast and and just hear some of the things that, that he's seen from some of the best uh, hitters in the country at the high school level. And then we also get into some some pro stuff, too, and, and what he's seen on, on that side of things. So it's pretty cool stuff. I'll put all of Joe's contact info um, in the show notes. He does some really good writing that actually has nothing to do with even baseball, but there's some correlations between some of the, the things he writes about and um, applying them as a coach in, in baseball, which I think is really good. So one of the things that that I am now opening up is I'm opening up um, enrollment for my hitting program. If there's hitters out there who are interested in, again, coming to Cincinnati, either A, for an assessment or who live in the area and want to train um, at my facility, please send me an email, jonesbaseballtraining at gmail.com. Um, one of the tools that we utilize is, of course, the blast motion, but we also have, uh, you know, KVS to measure players, 3D motion capture, hit tracks to see their batted ball data. And my most passionate thing to, to help players with is is the mental side of the game and, and helping them to learn how to deal with failure. So if you're a hitter out there and, and wants to uh, take their game to the next level this offseason, send me an email, jonesbaseballtraining at gmail.com. All right, here we go with our episode with Joe Torville. This is the future. This is my time. I grind and shine. I put in the work and push the line. I'm holding my cram. I never back down. All right, we now welcome on to the podcast, Joe Torville. Joe, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Patrick. I am excited to be on. Happy you invited me. So I see you do, you know, you work for Blast Motion. I see you're you're a writer though too. You do some different writing, and but it has nothing even to do with with baseball. When I was uh, checking that out a little bit, um, is that a, a passion of yours? You like doing on the side, or do you ever see yourself getting, um, I don't know, getting a book deal or something like that? <laughs> That's nice. I've I've been called a writer before in a long time, other than like just in the mirror. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do. I do love writing. I've done it for a long time. I like literature. I like the complexity of literature. Um, I like just uh, exploring tough questions. And I think the cool thing I like about writing and literature itself is like, there's never really a clear answer. Like, you know, those uh, Dostoevsky doesn't really give you clear answers on things he like provides, but they amplify the problem. So mm-hmm. you're just like face to confront it. And like a lot of that stuff can like carry over into baseball too. If like, you know, uh, for example, like intuition versus analytics, like there's no clear answer which thought, which one should have the the should go into the decision, but it amplifies the conversation, which is important. So yeah, it's like something I've always. I don't know about book deal. I don't know if I'm that good of a writer. So I read too, I read too much Proust and like can Oscar to be a good writer. So yeah, yeah. well, I see you got a lot so, of books behind you back there. Yeah, I don't have a, and that's just uh, laziness. Ever since we moved to Philly. Like a year ago, I haven't had a bookshelf and my books had to go somewhere. So that's in a corner behind my desk. <laughs> yeah. 
So you, you've been working at Blast Motion now for, for four years. Uh, before that, yeah. you were with uh, Area Code Games. Um, so it seems that, you know, you're you're really have a lot of uh, knowledge and I'd say like the amateur baseball space, like travel baseball, high school players. And then I think one of the things that you had mentioned is you do a lot of work with, with PBR prep baseball report, helping them um, set up, you know, maybe their, their systems and, and dealing with their data and how to interpret their data. But like, take us through a little bit on, on what exactly your, uh, your current role is with PBR. I think that'd be interesting because we have a lot of, a lot of players who listen to us, high school um, coaches, parents, and then some college coaches too. But what exactly do you do with PBR and help help them with blast motion? Yeah, so P- we've been with PBR, I think just about the same time I've been at blast, actually, because a big part of me coming over to blast was, uh, you know, we were getting into the showcase side of the business. I had a lot of experience on that side. So, uh, so yeah, it's a little, I think it's a little under four years with PBR. Uh, basically, our, we they capture... A big thing with, I think a big thing PBR kind of jumped on was uh, they saw an opportunity with the showcases in, in like the amateur baseball space for like data collection um, and just like distributing information. And that was something they really focused on was like di- distribution of their information in the showcases where like other, maybe other showcase companies like would collect a lot of information during their events, but were really bad at like distributing it. So like PBR uh, figured out a pretty good way to distribute all this information through like, you know, those player profiles on their website or through like APIs and stuff like that. So, and one thing they really wanted to get, cause like what they collect had a lot to do with the conversations with like recruiting coordinators or like scouts. Um, so one of the, one of the things that kept coming up was blast motion. Um, so we started, we had an agreement with them and basically what they do is capture blast at pretty much all of their events, pretty much in uh, BP. And my role with them was getting them kind of onboarded and kind of like a consultant almost in the data collection itself, which is for me, it's something I've learned with like the, you know, some of the scouts and the front office staff when I was at Erico and I got to hang out with those guys was, you know, just making sure the data is like consistent and reliable. So I, you know, PBR will only capture like at batting at BP. Um, it's usually around the same number of swings, like 20, we shoot for 30, but sometimes it's around like 20, depending on the time limit of the event as well. Um, and basically what we do is every single day I have like, oh, I have two interns, John Carlo and Tyler, who, you know, I had that depend on heavily. And basically every day PBR sends us and all their events they're running with the rosters, of all those events, we upload those events through their, uh, through the blast, uh, blast connect. And so it's in the blast app as well for them with all the players. And then when the scouting director, the PBR scouting director show up to their event, they open up their phone or their iPad and, and open up the app and the events in there of all the players. And then those guys are just collecting. Um, pretty, it's pretty, we simplicity is kind of luxury in that whole process. We don't complicate it a whole lot. We just make sure the swings are consistent with them and they're easy to analyze. So I'm not looking at a flip swing or a T swing and a, bat, a BP swing. They're all just like consistent BP swings with, uh, and it's an emphasis on players taking high intent swings too. Um, so. Yeah, that's pretty much the process in a nutshell. So for, for someone out there listening, like why why is it important that that people know blast metrics? Like how does how does knowing their blast metrics help them increase their chances of of, of playing at the next level? Uh well, it's like two phase. I mean, it's two parts to that question. One, you it's kind of like getting a snapshot of what your swing looks like. Um, and there's definitely different metrics, I'm sure we'll talk about that correlate to success. 
both in the short term and the long term. Um, and it's really important for players to be able to quantify that so they know what their swing is doing. Because sometimes what I feel like I'm doing is not what I'm doing. As you probably know, you're mm-hmm. a hitting coach. Mm-hmm. I would probably say he's getting his bat back and he's not. Um, but another reason too is like recruiting coordinators and scouts are looking at these metrics. Um, and I wouldn't say they're making a decision on a kid based on these different metrics, whether it's ball flight or blast. Um, but they are, they are using them to get an idea of what kind of player they're getting. So what they would have to do with that player once they're in their organization and a player knowing that himself is, uh, I think more advantageous than kind of like flying and blind. Um, I would say. What's the, what's the most important metric that you've seen? Like what's the, if you had to pick one metric that like, man, like, this is the end all be all compared to all the other metrics when it, when it comes to evaluating a player, like, is it going to be bat speed for you? Yeah. I mean, it's a complicated, it's a complicated question. Uh, I'm not big on like listing them or which one's the most important, but like, yeah, bat speed is short term and long or short term for sure. Like bat speed equates success. Like that's just something I've seen across the board. Um at the at the amateur level, like the guys with the highest bat speed tend to have the most success. Um I've seen that with like a lot of swings, <laughs> all the swings in our database I look at and I go look at the player's performance and it does correlate. Um at the pro level, I would say like bat speed is more of a prerequisite. Um, but there's a certain level at minor league baseball where you know, everyone has this kind of high bat speed and rotational acceleration has been kind of that difference maker, mm-hmm. which is like how quickly you get into your bat speed. Um, so if you can get into your bat speed quickly, uh, you can make later decisions. What do you mean play. by by get into your bat speed? Uh, so that, uh, a good analogy, we usually use like two cars, a good car, go, one car is like a Honda and the other car is like, I don't know, a Corvette. They both can go 65 miles per hour, but the Corvette's going to get to 65 a lot quicker. So that Corvette has chance and same thing with the bat, like the bat that can get into its peak speed quicker. doesn't take a lot of time to get into that speed um, is going to have like a more, that player's going to be more, is going to be a more advantageous opportunities at the play because they can make decisions later. Um, and when you can make decisions later, you're less vulnerable to pitchers that like, well, nowadays have like multiple, like three pitches, like three 60 grade pitches that they can locate that are coming out in the same tunnel. Um, where if a pitcher is kind of just bat speed dependent and doesn't have that quickness, doesn't have that rotational acceleration, that player like can very well be like the best player in high school ball, college ball, even low parts of my, low parts of minor league baseball. But once I get to like high A and double A, and now you're facing pitchers who guys who do have like three plus plus type pitches, um, they kind of turn into a different hitter. Like the swing and miss, the swing and miss rates kind of go up. Um, yeah, the strikeouts go up as well. They get a little more overwhelmed with the play. The product, like the the contact, though, we, like, we've seen like there is like a certain level of bat speed that does compensate for low rotational acceleration, um, but more in terms of like production. Like their batting average of balls in play is good because like when they do make contact, it's still hard because they're still swinging the bat fast. The swing and miss rate is still there, so then it's kind of like a. Oh, you know, it's you're kind of making a decision like, yeah, this guy's a high bat speed guy. The bat's not super quick, but you know, he swings about like 77 miles per hour. Like when he makes contact, it's going to be, it's going to have production. So there's that's when you have to like kind of like bucket certain guys. Um, but yeah, for so for rotational acceleration, it's you know how quickly um, you know you can get the bat moving, how quickly your your bat speed is, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
can't you manipulate that? Like, for example, if you have a player who has a hand pump because the sensor is going off of first movement. And so if your first move is like a hand pump straight down where that set is going to set the sensor off, in theory, your rotational acceleration is going to be a little bit faster than somebody with like a, a traditional swing, no? Well, I mean, you could technically, I mean, that's not, I don't know if that's a great way to manip manipulate rotational acceleration. A, a better way to manipulate it would be like the arm bar out and then like just, your body is just moving the bat instead of your hands and arms. But the problem with like trying to manipulate metrics is it usually like you're not going to have a lot of success at the plate and the goal is to hit the ball hard and far. So if like your goal is like to manipulate a blast metric while you're hitting, you're probably not going to be very uh, successful. Well, when I say, I guess that's a, maybe that's a bad question or a bad phrase. When I say manipulate, I don't mean like you're just doing something solely to get a better metric i'm saying that you know maybe a, the the player the way his swing is or the way his gather is or something it sets the sensor off and so it may correlate to a, a high score but in reality that's just because he set the sensor off in in a previous move if that makes sense yeah the sensor doesn't start uh collecting until it's the first downswing so like a, this hand pump the sensor wouldn't like capture that moment for rotational acceleration. It's that first forward down. So pretty much when your elbow gets slotted back here. And then it's um it's capture of like a 500, say like 500 hertz, like 14 different phrase, uh, phases that angle. I mean, it's super technical, but that's when it captures. So a hand pump wouldn't really set that off. That would maybe set off like, no, I actually wouldn't set off anything at all. Cause we, that this first movement is when we're capturing. So that's early connection. That's rotational acceleration. So the hand pump wouldn't really capture that at all. How does it know? How does it know like to not capture anything <laughs> until. Uh, just very advanced algorithms and testing millions of swings. Yeah. Mm, okay. What about like the other, other well. what's that? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, there's also like other parts in the sensor as well, like, you know, I guess speedometer and everything like that, but you know. Let's, let's talk about a couple of the other metrics. I think like one is would be early connection. Um, can you explain that one? Like why, why that one could be beneficial for players? Um, I got a couple questions on that one, but I want to uh, hear what you, what you have to say in terms of like what exactly it means. Well, the, Definition early connection is the angle of the bat at the start of the downswing in relation to the body or the body tilt. Yeah. Um, the advantageous thing for, I mean, the goal is to be as close to 90, uh, 90 degrees as possible. Um, very difficult thing to do over time. Um, but we also have seen, you know, we've seen guys a pretty high, like pretty high, like early connection, which isn't like the most advantageous, but what they do is like their variance is pretty low. So it's like 20 degree variance or so. Mm -hmm. We've actually seen a lot of guys be pretty successful with that because the whole, when you're looking at early connection, you just want to find something repeatable because it shows like it's a, a pretty low maintenance swing. It's a repeatable start of the swing. So the guy's probably starting from a very similar place. Um, but that's pretty much the, yeah. And it, it usually does equate into on-plane efficiency too. Like the better the early connection or the more consistent early connection is the better on plane efficiency me uh, metrics are. Um, but yeah. That's just bat angle at the start of the swing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that first down movement. Yeah. Like that. Okay. And then I think it read to it. It's somehow, how does it take into consideration like your body angle, like your upper body tilt angle? Like I I read that's one of the definitions as part of it. Like how would it know what angle your upper body is tilted at? 
I mean, same thing with how we measure rotational acceleration, just a, a millions of testing and high algorithms and, and mechanics inside the sensor. Um, but we're, it's to measure like high intense swings. So like, I wouldn't go up there and like lean back and like, I've, I've seen people like trying to like lean back and like try and like uh, mess up the early uh, on plane or the early connection on plane efficiency metrics. Um, so yeah, like we, we can get like Kyle Addo is probably a better person to ask that question because he's on the technical side, yeah. but we can get a pretty good idea of like what your body is doing based on what the bat is doing um, in relation. How should coaches, like, let's just say, like, uh, coaches in high school or college, like, what do you think the best way for them to utilize um, last motion is? Like, if you were a high school coach or a, a college coach or, you know, ran a travel team or something like that, like, how would you utilize it in order to help the most amount of players and, and improve their game, develop them as hitters? Uh, I mean, it depends on the season, I guess. But, I mean, the lowest hanging fruit is always going to be bat speed. Um, that's just something I've even had. To, I've used to, I used to talk about bat speed kind of passively. Like, I was never, like, super condensed. That was, like, the most important thing. In the past, I thought it was, like, you just need a certain amount of bat speed to be better. Uh -huh. Now I'm, like, more convinced than ever now in the past year or so that, like, you know, the lowest thing it, – it doesn't matter what your bat path is or what your swing is or what level you're on. Like, in, an increase of bat speed – is going to help you um so that's like the lowest hanging fruit i mean if i just i don't know i mean it depends on like the team budget but like if i'm a high school coach or a college coach like the two things i definitely want are like a blast motion sensor and like a some sort of bat uh, weighted bat program like the axe bat weighted, uh, weighted bat program like driveline um and then I mean, from there especially when you as a coach and you're dealing with like so many players i think monitoring monitoring that bat speed setting goals for those players and then from there you're really just focusing on like a good approach to the plate and just being students of the game and being students of like watching the other pitcher um stuff like that and preparation so i think preparation and approach plus like increase in bat speed i think overall is a pretty solid plan uh to go into a season fall and because you can kind of you can do it all year round the bat speed training program um so yeah, it's I, I know people want usually want to give like more complex answers to that. And I've even like tried to find like more complex or like uh, clever answers, but I'm just now more convinced that increasing your bat speed and just like focusing on approach is probably good for like an amateur team. You said in this past in the past year, you, you're now like more convinced than ever that, you know, how important bat speed is like what happened in this past year versus the previous three years you've been at last motion that made you now convinced that a bat speed is like you know the, the number one thing and the number one metric for blast well well i wouldn't say it's like number one metric for blast but like it is something that you should be focused on. i guess yeah i guess it's number one metric for blast whatever um i mean i would say rotational acceleration is the most number one metric for blast but really you think so yeah for sure i mean it depends what your goals are are your is your goal i think like everyone who take is taking this game serious like wants to play professional baseball and wants to, like, wants to contribute to a major league organization. And what we've seen is like, there's, there's a huge, rotational acceleration has been a huge separator by the time you get the double A or high A. But the issues with that, I know we're getting off topic, but the issues with that is like, it's like super difficult to improve your rotational acceleration. Um, mainly because a low rotational acceleration score has something to do with like a movement. It's usually a movement issue, not a swing problem. Um, and to fix that, you first have to ID that uh, issue which is usually like a shoulder thing or like a hip thing um 
And then you probably have to do a bunch of physical therapy to figure out, to correct that move. Um, and then you have to uh, do a strength program to like increase the muscles around that movement to, so you can make the adjustment you need to make. And then you make the adjustment. And then once you make that adjust or try and make that adjustment, you're talking about like hundreds of hours, maybe thousands of hours in the cage, mm -hmm. trying to relearn a new movement that you, you know, the other movement you've been doing your like your whole career, maybe for like 17 years. And then even in you, when you do kind of figure it out, our brains are so defensive that when you get into a game, like your brain, your body just want to go back to the old movement real fast. And let's go back to like what's familiar. So I think a lot of times, like I think coaches and players at the professional level or even at the high end amateur level, when they look at like, should we improve our rotational acceleration or should we improve bat speed? And I think like when you look at the journey, you have to go on to improve rotational acceleration. It's like, it's, it's pretty risky. Like you're, it's a long journey and it might not, pay off and while you do it you might you might lose something else in your swing like you might lose bat speed or you might lose your empathy um or your swing path i should say whatever um so i think the the that's why like the bat speed i say like bat speed the lowest hanging fruit like i just think yeah bat speed the, is the lowest hanging fruit like that's the one you probably want to train for i've seen rotational acceleration be the separator However, like the reason why you also want to focus on bat speed, because like once you get above, like at, if your average bat speed is above like 75 miles per hour in game, like that can compensate for low, as I said earlier, to the low RA uh, values. So yeah, it's a complicated, it's complicated uh, answer. And it really depends on the player and the coach and the resources that coach and player have around them, really. If I wanted to increase my bat speed though, like couldn't I just use a lighter bat? Uh, no, I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm just going to quote, I don't know. I can't quote a study I read on this, but like, I don't believe even using a lighter bat really increases your bat speed in game. Um, I think the only thing that increases your bat speed in game is, uh, the training over time. Cause it's got to be transferable to in game, but like bat speed training, I even believe like if it's like more than what, 20%, if you're using a heavy bat to train with and lower and lower than 20% of your, like of your actual bat weight, it really doesn't pay off. So it's a very specific type of like range with the bats you want to train with. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty the, sure I've, I've done I've some seen a research on that. On that. Um, and like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> I've also seen, there's also been studies done though on, on the overload underload that are uh, significantly more uh, heavier um, overload that has, that has still increased bat speed. And, and the same thing with underload using fungos and things like that, that are way lighter. Uh, I think, for me, I, I think I would prefer like kind of that 10 to 20% just because I think anytime you have players who don't really understand their swing quite yet, they're still growing their body, they can get into some bad habits, I think, when they're swinging like really heavy objects um, consistently and things like that. But the the studies that I've done, I've, I've written about it on um, uh, for the Hitting Chronicle, It's it shows that actually there has been significant increase for players who have done the overload training like within that 10 to 20 percent but also um, more than that too and you know and under that as well like using fungos and you know 50 ounce bats things like that too so i've seen it both ways yeah no totally were they measuring can you send me that too uh were they measuring like in-game bat speed or are they measuring like controlled in a cage type bat speed I believe it was for these, it was, it was, uh, in the practice setting. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's, that's another good question though, um, that I wanted to ask is 
in game versus practice? Like, what have you seen? Is it normal for some of the metrics to get a little bit worse or a little bit better in game versus in practice? Uh, it varies. I think, I mean, the best players tend to have the same metrics in practice slash showcase and in game. Um, I mean, the biggest difference is, I mean, we did this uh, a study in area code a couple years ago where we combined or we compared like the batting practice data to like the in-game data because we capture both at the area code games. And there's usually like a 10 mile per hour increase in bat speed in the batting practice uh, compared to in-game sometimes. But the best players had it more similar um definitely and we've definitely seen that in the showcase level especially pbr guys tend to have like 10 miles per hour sometimes like 12 miles per hour increase in bat speed than they were in games and the reason for that is because you have to also remember like when you get a bat speed rating off blast a big uh part of that is like where they make contact um so if you make contact like deeper in the zone the reading itself is going to be less than what maybe would have been if it was out if the guy caught it out in front and so, like, in batting practice and, like, showcase settings, a lot of these kids are catching the ball, like, super out in front. And, like, they're really selling out. Um, like, you know, they're trying to show off, like, their raw power. So, like, the far the farther the bat has to travel, the more it has time to, like, speed up. So, that's another thing, too. Like, you don't want to, like, panic it to a certain bat speed metric. Like, you kind of – that's why looking at averages is so important and looking at the peaks. Um, because where that player makes contact is going to also, like – it's going to also uh, – uh, play a part in like what that reading is on the blast motion app. So you kind of have to like take, paint that picture a little bit. So like one kid in batting practice, you know, who's swinging to that 77 miles per hour, but in game it was like 68 or 70, but he hit the ball like deeper in the zone. And he went the other way with it. It might've been like the same bat speed, but like he hit the ball deeper in the zone. Um, but yeah, there usually is a pretty big difference in, in the game. I mean, it depends in practice, it depends on what the setting is. Like if it's very competitive and high intense off the machine or live pitching or whatever, um, it's going to be, it should be pretty similar, but yeah, for the yeah, most part, we've seen have, this. I've seen that too. I've had a player who I saw was at a PBR event and uh, was in the eighties uh, or high seventies, yeah. even like at right around 80 mile an hour bat speed. And I had him mid sixties. Um, yeah he was training in, in, in my cage and I was like well that's a little bit different you know so I mean, yeah to your point we see a lot of that a lot I mean I it's like it, I'd say like 98 percent of those kids have a huge increase in their bat speed at any showcase um and we see that with area code we see that with PBR and I think you know PBR does a really good job like putting players in like a very advantageous position um so like they have BP throwers who are throwing the ball in a way that lets the kids like really show off like their movements and everything. And they catch the ball way out in front and these kids are super amped up. Um, so we do see a lot of that, but that's still good data to look at. You just have to understand the context of that data. You know, if a kid is capable of swinging the bat in the eighties at any point, that's probably something to uh, take note of that, that there's something in the tank that it can do that. And would you say that's a, a reason that maybe there's high school kids out there who have faster bat speeds than guys in the major leagues? Say it again. So it, there's, I mean, there's definitely high school players out there who have faster bat speed than hitters in, in the big leagues. Like, would you say that's one of the reasons why is just contact point simply? I mean, if we're looking at the values, if you're comparing them, yeah, if we're looking at the values. Yeah. Contact point setting, like all these things are really important. Um, a lot of the black, like a lot of the bat speed metrics we have on MLB guys are, 
either from the Hawkeye, which is in game or through us, which I can't like share specifics, but on average, you know, it's 72, it's usually around 72 miles per hour, the higher end around the eighties as well. Um, so yeah. Is there too much bat speed? Can you get to a point where you're, you're hurting yourself? You're swinging in and out of the zone too quickly. Well, that's more of a preparation issue. I wouldn't say it's a bat speed issue. I don't think increasing bat speed would ever hurt a player. Uh, maybe like too much intent and shoot, not too much intent, but like swinging out of their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think like intent needs to be practiced. I, you know, when a player first, like, I have like talked to players before, it's like, oh, I really want to increase my bat speed. What should I do? I was like, have you tried swinging the bat harder? And they're like, uh, I guess not. <laughs> so it's like, um, like, but so like intent, and then like they go up there and like they do try and swing the bat harder, but it's a different like feel and different environment. That's something you have to practice. I think you have to practice like high intense swings, um, and you gotta be prepared for the pitching you're facing. But I don't think, yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen higher bat speed hurt a player. I've seen other players, other things hurt a player, like you know, approach or the swing path is messed up or eyesight. I've seen eyesight be an issue as well. Um, but yeah, not bat speed. Have you tested? You said eyesight. I mean, you guys are you guys getting into that stuff now? Next for sensors. <laughs> <laughs> no no but just case studies from like mlb teams like so there's actually two i have a pretty good one there was one with i want to say yeah it was like the brewers uh they drafted a kid who had really good metrics all around blast metrics were phenomenal he was like you know 75 miles an hour bats beyond average and it was like that in-game mvp his rotational acceleration was like 26 g's on plane efficiency was like 78 percent really good stuff his ball flight metrics and bp were really good too hit the ball like above 100 miles per hour consistently um all over the field sprayed it in the games kid stunk no one knew why he was just like really bad in games um but they later found out, out that like his eyesight was like awful so they drafted him a little later than they should have or they didn't pop you know he's probably he probably should have been like a second round i think they got him like in the seventh round fixed his eyes and then he uh i believe he did really well i think he's still playing too um but yeah i don't remember i i I picture the kid's face. I don't remember his name, but the other one is recent. You can, uh, baseball America actually wrote about it. Uh, uh, Chanel, Austin Chanel with the angels. Um, he has phenomenal blast motion metrics across the board. And I was actually really excited about following him going into Cape Cod last season because he was at FAU. Um, he just kind of piqued my interest and he was kind of like fringy at Cape Cod. He wasn't great. He wasn't really good. And he usually, he has metrics that usually tend, uh, he had metrics for a player that tend to separate themselves and he didn't do that. Um, but I found out later, I think it was like his left eye or it was his right eye, actually, like lead right eye. I think he's a lefty. Um, they fixed that. And then he stroked. His swing and misses went down. His strikeouts went down. His blocks went up. And then we saw what he did this year. He got drafted a couple months ago in July. He's already in the big leagues. And I think he went in like a 13-game hit streak or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stuff like that. It, it's, that's the cool thing about Blast. Like it's a, it's a part of the process, not the whole process of a hitter, but it's a very important part. The bat's moving correctly and the kid's still not hitting. It gives you that, you know, it gives you that ability to like, okay, I don't think it's his swing. It might be something else. His approach might be crap. It might be his eyesight. Kid might be stressed. He might not even get, be getting in sleep. Maybe he has a crappy mattress. I've heard of that one before too, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I've heard them all. I've heard all these things, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I, I agree with what you just said there about it. It's 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 a tool. It's I think it's a tool that's um, has some really good use for sure. I mean, just from even just an evaluation standpoint, I think for even just uh, teaching players like their swing. I think sometimes putting numbers um, that that can really help them understand what they're doing, what they need to do better. Um, 
I think, you know, you, you kind of, you, you sometimes have a, there's a fine line between like training for the bat speed, because I see one of the things that I see is so many kids in this, the showcase settings are a great example of this. So they just get in there and they're just trying to pull everything. Right. And so it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. you start doing bat speed training stuff and now they're, they're, focused on you know swinging hard and this and that but they're you know we're losing sight of uh you know becoming a a better hitter in a lot of times and so i think from what i've seen doing some of the bat speed training stuff it can be beneficial if you're solely just doing that and not necessarily mixing it in at the same time with actually practicing whether it be like within your team or whatnot more of on the side but I think the biggest thing is is honestly the weight room to help increase the bat speed more than anything else. Um, that's just what I've seen. Um, I think hitting it's it's an art, it's a science too, but it's I would say it's more of an art. And I don't know, that's just something that I've seen. Do you work with with any hitters at all? Uh like virtually I keep in touch with a lot of guys. Like, yeah, but not I'm not physically with them. But I will say, going back to your point, yeah, I, I don't the focus probably shouldn't be on like just the bat speed like the bat speed is like a preparation thing for the game like the goal is to get hit and i'm more of like you got to have external goals like you definitely you know trying to hit the ball up the middle or hit the ball in the air hard and letting the body kind of self-correct itself like i'm a big fan of putting players in tough environments where they have to self-correct and like the coach is not talking as much and just like putting a putting a player in a position where like you know if you can't hit a high fastball like give them a bunch of high fastballs to hit off the machine and like make them figure it out. And then blast and then using blast is a good way to like, look at that, look at that process. Like a player wants to check on something real fast while he's been trying to, while he's trying to self-correct that issue he has um, blast is like a really good way to do that for coaches and players. And a lot of times like it needs to be with the coach and the coach needs to communicate that to the players. Um, blast. The whole point of using blast is making sure you have the tools like the physical tools to swing the bat well so you can be a complete hitter at the plate. I wouldn't put like, you know, not everything's going to go into bat speed. As I mentioned earlier, like approach is a very important thing. Like um, having a game plan is very important. Being a student in the game is very important. The weight room is really important. Flexibility is really important. Sleep is, and so is eating right. Um, But, you know, you do need bat speed. And like we've seen that like, you know, having, having blast motion is a good way to help with that. I also think from a coaching standpoint too, I think it's helpful. I mean, you start working with so many guys. I think it's helpful to, to help utilize technology to, to uh, just kind of give you some objective information. And you know, it's so easy to at times even miss stuff. I don't care who you are. And so it's nice to be able to have some, some numbers and some, some metrics and things like that to be able to consistently just look at just to like, even if it's just looking over when you're like, you know, evaluating a, a hitter or a player, um, because you can lose sight of stuff pretty easily. And so you see maybe a, that red shows up and you're like, all right, let me look into this. It may not be end up being anything, but it's nice to kind of have that, um, I don't know, call it like an assistant, I guess, if you will, um, to be able to kind of keep you accountable as a coach. Yeah, I mean, a big thing, I mean, we use an analogy too, like blast motion is pretty similar. It's like the weather app, like the weather, the weather app tells you like the temperature, but there's not like there's nothing on the weather app that tells you to put a jacket on or to wear like long pants or thick socks. You have to make the decision as a human. And the weather app helps you make pretty good decisions of what to wear each day. And blast motion is a really good resource to help those coaches make decisions on what they need to do with those players and you know quantify certain things as well. 
do you you guys i assume utilize it a little bit with some of the other pieces of technology out there like uh k, k motion k vest things like that is is that something that um you you do specifically uh do we use it together i mean teams use them together and coaches do use them together for sure i wasn't um, sure if pbr I think, if you guys if, if that was like a part of you at the same time no 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 because the big thing is like kvs david i mean it's pretty tough operationally to go through like 40 hitters and throw a kvs on and off and on and on. It, that's a time consuming thing um kvs is probably better suited for you know like training one-on-one -on -one type training testing um actually yeah training testing type stuff but and a showcase setting you know you got to go in and out uh, you got scouts in the stands you got college recruiters in the stands and they got to catch a flight or they want to go eat lunch um so blast using blast is blast and track is a little more advantageous thing to, to use in that, in that setting what's the deal with uh using the blast and putting it within the actual bat like that's something i've seen a couple years ago is is that is that on the bat companies for not for not getting on board or how is that like what how can we make it easier to just like stick that blast sensor in the bat and not have to worry about it coming out again oh you mean like a like a smart bat like it's like i mean we have we have like bats where you can put uh, the blast sensor in like some wooden bat companies that do it rawlings has it with their metal bats uh, but you got to twist it in and out yeah yeah like, well i guess one of the, like my experience it was always a it's been a pain of just like them actually staying in the actual bat like it coming out pretty easy i didn't know if that was on the the bat oh. companies have you seen that yeah i've heard i mean i've Honestly, I don't know. I'm not really in that world with the manufacturing world. That's more like a business development thing. Yeah. I'm more of like a I interpret data and then I help PBR capture 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 blast data. So I'm not sure if that is an issue. It's not something I'm I'm personally aware of. But if it is, I'm sure someone at Blast is. Yeah. No, I was just curious for in the future. I think they'd be pretty cool if like the majority of the the bat manufacturers out there like had that as an option for when kids go and buy bats and things like that, like they would have, you know, be able to do that, you know, with, with um, their regular bats anyway, no matter the brand. So I was just, that was just you me like, personally. like, perm like, like the sensors, like in the, like permanently inside the knob. Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. 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 I guess the only uh, uh, obstacle there would be like, charging the sensor i guess i guess you'd have to charge the bat <laughs> yeah you could have like a, a yeah. charging stand where you put the bat on <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah that's a pretty good idea actually um yeah, yeah i think it'd be cool. pretty slick i mean I'm, but what what about what are some of the other i mean what are some of the other metrics that that you like personally um for blast when you're you know evaluating a hitter or just looking at like, are there any other ones that that you know you you like i'm sure they're they all have value but i just wasn't sure if there was mm -hmm. a couple that we haven't talked about that um you you do like or look into yeah i mean i definitely spend as an evaluation uh yeah. it's two phrases you know there's coach eval and it's like scout eval scout eval i'm always looking at bat speed and rotational acceleration um Obviously, from there, I'll peek at on-plane efficiency. I don't write players off if they don't have great on-plane efficiency right away because that is something that can be adjusted with, like, good hitting coaches like yourself or in, in a different MLB organization or college organization. Um, but I do, like, I, like, right now I'm going through my game. I gave myself a little project. I've been going through, like, the top 20 OPS home runs and hits guys and, like, the different levels of minor league baseball and major league baseball. And... 
I'm not done yet, so I don't have a conclusion. But the one thing I keep seeing is uh, a lot of guys with above uh, 70% on on-plane efficiency in those categories. Like those top 20 guys in OPS, top 20 guys in home runs, top 20 guys in hits. Uh, I was like finishing, I was doing it specifically uh, internationally, the AAA guys. And the av- I think the average uh, on-plane efficiency was like 75%. Um, so that's, I mean, you know, I'm, and then what I'm probably going to do is go back and look what those guys' numbers look like when they're like amateurs or low minors and see how much that's approved over the years. So yeah, those three metrics like bat speed, rotational acceleration and all plane efficiency from like a scout evaluation point. Those are three I spent like most of my time on uh, as a coach evaluation, you know, bat speed course, we're going to look at that first. We already discussed that. Um, I'm looking at rotational acceleration because I want like a good idea of what it looks like. Again, this depends on the level. I'm right now looking at this as a college coach perspective, if anyone's wondering. Um, again, I'm just, I want an idea of what the rotational acceleration looks like. Um, but I'm going to spend most of my time on bat speed, early connection, and then based on the early connection, that's probably going to feed into on-plane efficiency. So if I, if I was grouping hitters to go work on different things throughout the week, it would be like a bat speed session and then another, some sort of constraint drill for like early connection. Um, and then of course you have to do like, you know, we have to have a good well-rounded assessment. Like you're probably going to do some ball flight metrics as well with like how hard they're hitting the ball, like what their peak exit velocity is and their average exit velocity. And then based off how hard they're hitting it and what their bat speed looks like, you know, if you're going to get into the weeds of like, you know, having an external cue for like what kind of launch angle you want with a hitter, that's really going to depend on how hard the guy hits the ball. You know, if, you, if his peak exit velocity is like 85 miles per hour, I don't know if I want that kid uh, focusing on like a 20 degree launch angle, maybe something a little more straightforward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is an art, like you say, like this is an art. That's one thing I have learned over the years. This, this, this science of blast motion metric is definitely an art. Um, but yeah, I think that again, like the lowest hanging fruit, bad speed, early connection, I'll play an efficiency. If like I'm a college coach, um, if my high school coach with like a lot less resources, um, you know, a lot of these kids probably play like four different sports, you know, maybe I'll get them all year round. I do think, I mean, I, and say like they, these, you're in an area of the country where there's not like a ton of great hitting coaches like yourself, like in Cincinnati or whatever, Maybe you're like in from you're in Maine, where I'm from, and there's not like a ton of expert hitting coaches out there. Um, there's not you a know, ton of I anything think, up there. <laughs> pride. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've been to Maine. Good, it's it's, good it's beautiful in the summertime. It's beautiful up there. Yeah. No, I love it. It's one of my favorite places. Um, but yeah, if you're in a resource, you know, it's like 98, 98% of high school baseball coaches don't have a ton of resources and the kids don't they know how the resources around the kids are off that program too. They go to other people. So again, like I'm going to really, I'm probably just going to have them all try and get stronger in the weight room and do bad speed pro- training programs and then try and clean up uh, their swings with like early connection type stuff. Um, but, you know, again, it's going to be depending on the budget you have, amount of resources you have around you, but yeah, so. I do because I always I do I always like feel for those coaches that don't have that are in those areas of the country that don't have all those resources in there and they get told by other they you know they watch things online or they watch like the blast up like and they're trying to they're trying to do twelve metrics and they're trying to pound twelve metrics into these kids whether it's like ball flight metrics or blast metrics or whatever and it's just not feasible so I think you have to really go for the lowest hanging fruit when you're like that type of high school coach with these players and 
is the bat speed stuff and then just kind of cleaning up the bat path with like early connection. Uh, but yeah. Awesome. Joe, appreciate you coming on it, man. Been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. I'll have to come on again. Um, we'll put, I'll put all your contact info in the show notes. And then if someone wants to see some of your writing too, I'll put, I'll put that in there as well. I think that'd be uh pretty cool. Like I said, I was, I know it has nothing to do with baseball, but I think, uh, I think that a lot of that stuff can correlate to baseball, you know, some of those things that you need to learn for sure. 100%. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I look at everything. I'm like, how can this apply to baseball? So yeah. yeah or how did it not apply to hitting? It's, it's, it's pretty fun, but yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot more writing. I'm going to do like my baseball writing just on Twitter. That's what I've decided that okay. Twitter is going to be like my baseball writing page. So I'm going to do a lot of brain dumps. And if it's kind of all over the place, it's because I read too much Nasgard and Kanasgard and Proust that night, if anyone's wondering, but, um, but yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll engage. I'm sure us two will engage a lot. Oh more yeah, for sure. Man. As well.